Hi y'all, John Alcorn, that one dude 2020, really the CEO and founder of the God Over Money Sports Network. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so you can hear it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Cared you'd actually be here. Yes, yes, yes. Through faith, all things are possible. Well, hello there. Welcome to the first ever episode of the Thursday Night Football Recap, right here on the God Over Money Entertainment Network. It's going to be a very interesting, very quick show to be here, 15, 20 minutes here. The NFL Week 1 for Sunday and the Sunday morning show will be pre-recorded, but will come out Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. Central Standard Time. That will be pre-recorded. Before I really get started, never in my life, to a certain extent, like this game, I have never had what you call a, a nail biter in terms of where I've bit my nails during a football game. Folks, that's exactly what happened tonight. Whether you're a Cowboys fan, whether you're a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan, the fact of the matter is this was such a close nail biter game. I have the honor and pleasure of doing the announcement or the announcing game of this on the ColorCast app. And so it was so much fun. Had about 123 like, likes and two uh, consistent viewers throughout the show. So it was very impressive. A lot of fun here. Excuse me. The first sound a little scratchy. It was announcing the game on ColorCast for over three and a half hours, counting the halftime show. But folks, to really break down this game, and I said this towards the end of the show on the ColorCast, 
you did see why the Cowboys lost the game. Both teams made a lot of mistakes to come down to week one, try to get your feet wet. The main reason why I can say the Cowboys lost, there's multiple reasons, is that early on, your kicker could not kick a field goal to save his life. He missed a 60-yarder. He missed a 35-yarder that had an almost 92% chance of making it. He had another 31, 32-yard field goal that had a chance to make it. Almost 92% chance he could have made it. He missed that one. I'm not saying if you just give the ball, folks, to Siku Elliott, that automatically, oh my gosh, the Cowboys are going to win every game. They're going to go 14-3. But this is Ezekiel Elliott's first year under his six-year contract. But they gave him the ball. 11 times. Three-point yards per carry. I understand, folks, it's maybe just the first game of the season. We saw this last year in a tiny bit in 2019. We know this with Ezekiel Elliott. I know he's talented, but the things at the end of the day, unless the offensive line, folks, is 100%, unless the offensive line is fully healthy, fully 100%, and fully perfect, Ezekiel Elliott's not going to have a good year. Ezekiel Elliott's not going to have a good game. 11 carries for 33 yards and 3 yards a carry. Ezekiel Elliott early on in this game had 3 to 4 to 5 carries. And they all gave John a lot. And you'd be right. But here's the fact of the matter, though. The carries that they gave him, he wasn't efficient. And that's the thing in life and in sports is that you got to take advantage of the chances you're given, whether they're little or whether they're not. And Ezekiel Elliott really could have taken advantage of those chances he was given and then running 10 with 3 point yards per carry. Throughout Prescott, it's like he wasn't missing the form. There were almost 60 attempts, 400 yards, and three touchdowns. If you're really like a big factor on offense, there could be multiple reasons why they couldn't get the running game going. Certain times in the game, the offensive line had penalties. So you're like, wait, wait a minute. Like, come on. I know both sides had a ton of penalties early on. Even before the um, before the first half ended, like the total of almost 10 penalties already. So both teams, in terms of penalties, were very undisciplined, over 100-plus yards of penalties in this game. Now, despite, yes, Tampa Bay won this game, but there's still a lot of things both teams can easily move forward going into week two next week of the 2021 season. I'm so thankful football is back. Before continuing our Thursday night football recap here, folks, what is your favorite type of drink or favorite type of, fo- favorite type of football food to have? Rather, it's Super Bowl Sunday or rather it's, let's say, wings or root beer, whatever else it is of the sorts here on the show. And this is a different setup. And my parents will be back tomorrow night with a lot more content. It is the offensive line. Amara Cooper there, I would say, though, Dan Prescott targeted him early on and much later in the game. Amaria Cooper was the Amara Cooper that people believe he could be. No, he's not the best receiver in the league. The best receiver in the league, like he says, he is not top five. Very talented receiver. But when you got other guys like Brown, you got Jones, you got DeAndre Hopkins, AJ Green from a couple years ago, then we have that different conversation. But you look at here, as I'm looking at these numbers, Mark Cooper's numbers was very efficient. Almost 11 yards per catch. 13 receptions, 139 yards and two touchdowns. A few of those 
first down catches. Usually at Mark Cooper, you would think he would target him more. I think early on, I can't remember in the game, Michael Gallup had a leg or ankle injury. I'm not sure. Moving forward, if Michael Gallup could miss any time here, but we'll go over the other news in the NFL as we finish this Thursday Night Football recap. It's a quick show here. We'll pre-record these two weekend's episodes in advance. Folks, City Lamb and Amari Cooper combined had 20 receptions. It wasn't just because of that. CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper had a phenomenal game. So you can't necessarily assign the blame to them. Because like I say, when the Cowboys lose, it's like Christmas Day. But at the end of the day, there are injuries on both sides. There are mental mistakes on both sides. On the bug side of the ball, on the uh, uh, sorry, the Cowboys side of the ball here. And I, it was so weird. Like nearly back-to-back kicks that the kicker had, it was like, or field goals or extra attempts. Like he was wide left. Like, what was the issue he was having? Was it a mental thing? Was he distracted? What was he thinking about? It's like, like you missed a 60 yard, or like you had, if, I'm not saying this would happen, but they had a, maybe a little bit of a better chance of winning this game. If you're Greg Zerlin, I believe that is his name, if he made all of his field goals, if he made all of his extra attempts, Dallas could have been a lot more closer in this game. I'm not saying that's the only reason why they lost. He couldn't run the football well. That's supposed to be your better butter. Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, yeah, going to get Tony Pollard involved with the running attack. We also remember Ezekiel Elliott, or sorry, Tony Pollard is also very effective on special teams. So you're not going to just be giving him the football and doing all these things. Ezekiel, so Blake Jarrett, the phenomenal. Three catches for 20 yards. Like, oh, that's only three catches for 20 yards. That's three catches. For 20 yards. It's because it's not a, a super lack of like eight receptions, 112 yards, and 3.6 yards per catch, or eight and a half yards per catch plus. Those small numbers show how productive he could be, regardless if he is their starter, if he is their backup. But really kind of look at this from the other side of the ball. You're looking for the Dallas Cowboys as we go to the Tampa Bay Bucks side of this. This game, from start to finish, folks, was super, was super fun to watch. Part of the color casting for that here today. Announcing as many others were on the color cast app. It's a lot of fun to get my feet wet and potentially do this one day. Like Al Mocker, Al Michaels, and Chris Collinsworth. Mark Cooper and Steve Lane were very effective. Two things that they need to work on here is the running game. Ezekiel Elliott has to be efficient with the cares that he has. You take advantage of the small chances you have. You're not going to magically give Ezekiel Elliott the ball 15 to 20 times, and you're going to win these games. This isn't 2016. Is he in the best, maybe the best shape of selection 2016? Yes, I'll give him that. But you're not going to win games just by Ezekiel Elliott running the ball. You can distribute the ball all you want. Not every receiver, like I said, is going to get five catches, 120-plus yards. You're not going to have a C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper type game tonight for all of your receivers. But moving forward from the Dallas Cowboys side of this, what does Dallas learn? What do they need to learn? Both sides of the ball. We're talking about their offense first, and then we'll talk about their defense because there's definitely mistakes on both sides of the ball. For both sides. Their defense, folks, is Michael Parsons has a very bright future. There's no doubt he's going to be a star in his league. He's going to be in multiple Pro Bowls. I can agree with that. With that being said, though, 
multiple times in this game. The defense, like, for example, the Dallas Cowboys are up. The two points got this in the bag. Well, you thought you did. Remember, folks, unless the clock is at zero, never count out Tom Brady. Never count out on Tom Brady-led team. All is in the bag. All looks good. What happens? A guy like Chris Godwin, who we'll talk about with the Bucs in a minute, struggling in this game in terms of clutch plays. Who does Tom Brady throw the ball to? Chris Godwin. The defender almost had him. I believe like he tripped over his own foot. Wasn't able to stop Chris Godwin. Gets the first down. And it felt to be seals the game as the Bucs ticker can kick the game winning field goal. You can assign blame of if this is a penalty or this wasn't. The defense for the Cowboys is still an issue. I mean, I'm not here to say, like, they have 16 more games. You're in the NFC East, or what some people say, the NFC least. I understand. So there, there is not pressure. You get this game over. You have a lot to learn. But discipline for the passing attack for the Dallas Cowboys is still an issue. It goes back to 2019, especially going to 2020, the worst defense of all time in terms of all these categories. Like, what is the issue that the Cowboys have to fix? Their passing attack is worse than a rushing attack. I mean, my gosh, you may early on, folks, not even before halftime started. Antonio Brown almost had 100 receiving yards. And so, again, I apologize here, folks. I edited the audience, so make sure I can read your stuff. Now it is on public, so I was not ignoring your comments here, folks. Which you thank you so much for tuning in. There is absolutely no reason. If you let Antonio Brown, who, yes, is a very star-studded receiver and not necessarily the number one guy, but plays like a number one guy, in the first half have almost 100 yards already and almost touched up already then what does that kind of show in the end? If the defense can't show up clutch early in the game, how can the defense come in and clutch towards the end? And Christy Wilson come in and say the game was super close. I had a feeling it would be. Couldn't agree more, Christy. I don't know like, what your score prediction was before the game. I had 35 to 32. I was a little bit off on that one, but, hey, very close game. I knew it was going to be a close game. I knew it was going to be a lot of passing. That press count seems to be 100%. Root for him to see what happens. And Chrissy, I felt this exact same way when I was watching this game. I get to watch this game play by play. Ezekiel Elliott is being underutilized again. You're 100% right, Chrissy. And this is frustrating early on. Like, it's, I think after halftime, you go into the third quarter. Ezekiel Elliott had four or five carries. I understand this is not 2016 Ezekiel Elliott, Christian. I think you can occur and agree with me. This is Ezekiel Elliott's first year in a six-year contract. You're going to have to give him the ball a lot more than that. Yes, you got Tony Parr, but also he's good for special teams. Zeke is not a do-with-our guy. He needs to run the football. He's the healthiest shape he's been in his career in the NFL since 2016. Through seven carries for most of the game, I understand he was underutilized, but the carries you could some people may say that, oh, the carries he was given, he wasn't very effective. Well, sometimes running backs have to get their feet wet. They have to get it going. And once he gets it going, 
our Astros Steelers in that uh, wild card or division round or wild card round in the playoffs in 2017. Once he gets that going, he's very hard to stop here. Chrissy, I agree. I'm not a Cowboys fan. I'm a Dak Prescott fan for what he stands for as a man on the field. I agree, Christy. I'm so glad that Dak is back, but he shouldn't have had to throw as many times as he did. Exactly. I'm going to break that down. And, and you also said that does worry me as a fan. I agree, Christy, because if you're going to be contending for potentially for a Super Bowl, or at least that's what the goal is for the Dallas Cowboys this season, you can't have your quarterback thrown for almost 60 times per game. Because that tells you, like you, you also said here earlier, Zeke is being underutilized. And like you said, we hear Dak Prescott threw the ball too many times. So if Dak Prescott is throwing the ball too many times, that's another thing we said on the comment above. Ezekiel Elliott is being underutilized. If Ezekiel Elliott, folks, was being utilized and getting the ball more, Dak Prescott shouldn't have had to throw almost 60 times, especially week one, especially if he's 100% healthy or not. Unacceptable. I agree. Amari Cooper was a dog. He was a stud tonight. I think Dallas can hold it on against the team like the Bucks. I agree. They did though. Very curiously, they kept it a very close game. And I'll give them credit. They played very well. That Prescott played very well. It's just again, like I say, this goes back to the passing attack defense, the passing attack for the defense of Dallas and the special teams. Those are two issues that they're gonna have to fix. I agree, my man, Alex Kazez from the Bear Podcast, the Dallas Cowboys Podcast. Check that out on the podcast and Spotify and all social media platforms. He's going to get there. He said, Dak and CD made mistakes, but they did quit. Exactly, exactly. And that's what we so you want to see in the quarterback, regardless if you win or lose. The problem is, is that while they played well, you're also underutilizing your Ezekiel Elliott. Deck should not be throwing the ball 60 times. No quarterback should throw the ball 60 times. Because if you're having your quarterback throw the ball that many times, that means you're not using your other players on offense enough. And that's going to be a problem. They're going to have to let Dak throw the ball even less. They're going to have to utilize Ezekiel Elliott and Tully Pollard more in the running game, in the pass game, if Dallas means, if Dallas wants to continue to do what they do. Because they, they have to close out. But if you let Ezekiel get more of the production, maybe that could help. Dallas should have been up at 20, 20 to 14 and a half, but blown those golden opportunities. Exactly. And this is what it goes back to. Man, Alex, is that they blew those opportunities. And part of that was also the kicker. Special teams couldn't get – they couldn't kick to save his life. The passing attack for Dallas is still a huge issue. Michael Parsons can only do so much. And I also talk about Demarcus Lawrence. D-Log, he has absolutely, in my opinion, lost that nickname. And he's right. But announcers are right. Certain players, after they get paid, they stop playing. They stop putting out production. This is exactly what happened with Demarcus Lawrence. Is he at the top of his position? No. Yeah, Khalil Mack, Aaron Donald, Michael Brockers, all of those defensive players. And he's maybe somewhere down that list. He said, Dak, look, he looked phenomenal, uh, Dayhan, and he's definitely an exciting player. But it's just, it's, I don't always put completely the blame on him, but also you got to place the ball a lot better. But I've also, if I'm, if I'm at Kellen Moore and I'm Matt McCarthy, you have to utilize your running back a lot more than what they did. Thank you so much for the amazing comments. We're going to talk about it now. That's been on the defensive side of the ball. I think we'll go to the Tampa Bay Bucks side of this in the pre-record 
Sundays and Friday or Saturdays and Sundays episode in advance. The Cowboys defense, I know it's just week one, so I'm like, I'm, we're going to need to press the bell, stay in the bell, and freak out here. But what we need to say here is that Vander Rash only had two tackles in this game. If he's supposed to win any one of your top defensive players, he has to be more effective. You're Vander Rash, you had Jalen Smith and Demarcus Lawrence, your top defensive players, who had less than 10 tackles total out of those three players. They're supposed to be your top defensive players in Dallas. I'm not assigning all the blame on them because this is not just because, oh, I don't like Dallas or certain players, and I'm very disruptive or inconsiderate for. But those three guys who are supposed to be your top defenders are not getting the job done. That's just on the defensive side of the ball. Hopefully they can fix what they have on special teams. Well, the Tampa Bay Bucks, that is. I know Dallas fans, you want your team to win. And I have no problem or no flack with that. But here's the issue, folks. I, obviously, I picked the Bucks to win this game. That's, there was two or three points in the game where I thought Dallas was going to come back and win because it was that close, that much of a nail biter. I'm literally biting my nails that close of a football game. That's what you love, and that's what you hate about the NFL. Leonard Fournette, though, he, made only, he only had nine carries through two yards. Well, it didn't show up in the numbers. Leonard Fournette made the catches when it mattered. And that's the way you're going to see a lot for this Tampa Bay Bucks offense this year as well. You may have like Leonard Fournette, Mike Evans, nine, may not have the best numbers, but they will make the plays, make those clutch first down catches when it matters, even if it doesn't show up in the yards, the touchdowns, or yards per catch. Antonio Brown was phenomenal. Almost over almost 24 and a half yards per catch, five receptions, five receptions, 121 yards. Folks, half of those yards came in the first half. He almost had 100 yards in the first half. Absolutely insane. Chris Godwin played. Yes, Chris Godwin had nine receptions, 105 yards, and a touchdown. And he made that catch to practically steal the game for the Bucks. But there are still ball security is something that Chris Godwin, it's like a football demon that he hasn't fixed, he hasn't addressed. Chris Godwin has to be careful with the football. You had a chance to get a touchdown to seal the game. The ball fell out of your hands. The second time you had another touchdown, chance to seal the game for the Bucks again, and the ball slips out, and it's a fumble. That's my biggest issue with Chris Godwin. We know he's a phenomenal play. He had a touchdown early on in this game, for I believe the first touchdown of the game. Ball security. Ball security has to be this biggest issue, I really think, with the Bucks receivers, even though they didn't have a lot of issues. Especially with Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin has to work on ball security. Because if he has 50% of those ball security issues in week five or week eight, or especially in the Bucs, because you get the Tampa Bay Buccaneers cannot afford Chris Godwin to have those football, football security issues in the playoffs. Because if he did that in the playoffs, I'm not sure if the Bucs would have been this closer chance to win this game. Rob Garnkowski is a dog. I saw in the preseason game, the guy is a phenomenal player. We know the accolades. We know the Super Bowl, everything. But just really looking at these numbers is this guy is a freaking major. We saw this in the Super Bowl. And, what, and this is the thing, though. This is my go back talking about Demarcus Lawrence. Rob Gorkowski. That Rob Gorkowski touchdown that they had. Who, who was supposed to be guarding him, getting past him to get to the quarterback? 
Oh, wait, folks. That's DeMarcus Lawrence, supposedly deal of the guy that paid in 2019 offseason. And this is, you look at Mike Evans, three receptions, 24 yards. This goes back, folks, to, oh, that's not that bad. That's not very good. But think about it, folks. If you're not a true NFL fan here, really, oh, this issue. Even though Mike Evans only had three catches, Mike Evans made the catches to help closer seal the deal for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Mike Evans, sealed, he helped the team have a better chance of winning this game. Sometimes a star receiver helping your team win a game, you're not going to have 10, 12 receptions, 140 yards, and two touchdowns. Sometimes it's going to have three catches for 20 yards. Well, those three catches are clutch first down plays to help your team drive down the field to beat a clutch opponent. That's what happened with Mike Evans here and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What we learned from Tom Brady, though, and this is the same thing we've seen for a long time. I'm going to get to one more play into this, and we're going to do Tim's final thoughts. Is that Tom Brady, he may throw an interception or two and be three. Get sidetracked, start off slow. But Tom Brady playing pissed off. Keyword, Tom Brady playing pissed off is something no opponent wants to see. It is not not a time. No opponent that is facing Tom Brady. Playing Tom Brady pissed off as Atlanta. That's about that. That's about the Rams. Or another team. Yeah, the Rams. Many teams have played against Tom Brady pissed off. When it looks like the chips are down, again, you, you cannot give Tom Brady any lick of time, any chance to win this game. Over well, about a minute 24 left in the game, one timeout. That's too much time for Tom Brady in this offense. If they had 30 seconds, too much time. They had 24 seconds left. It was like third and long. It looks like the game is potentially over in Dallas. Could pull off the upset against these Super Bowl 55 champions. What is Tom Brady through? Throw it to the exact to the exact receiver didn't want him to throw to. Clutch play, an amazing play. I mean, even if we go back to the first half, like you had that they were up, I think, by a touchdown overall. And I mean, my goodness, that touchdown pass to Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown was wide open. Antonio Brown was wide open. Easy touchdown. When you go Tom Brady, easy touchdowns like that. They already have the momentum. You bring back the Super Bowl banner. You uh, bring back, put out the Super Bowl banner. You got your rings already. He's focused on being number eight. All the excitement is giving them towards momentum in this game, even if they're down, whether it's by two, five, or 10 or 12 points. Never count on Tom Brady. I've learned that the hard way. I bet it gets them three times. Both times in the Giants Super Bowls and against Atlanta. And against Seattle. So technically four or seven Super Bowl wins. Never count Tom Brady. But who was the player that I was saying, not just in this game, but for the whole season this year? Scott Miller. Look out for him. You may not get two receptions a game, but those plays, when it mattered, who made those catches? Scott Miller. Later in the game, you need a good first down. There was Scott Miller. Ask Kevin Key, 28 to 10, right before halftime in the NFC 24 to 10, sorry, in the NFC Championship game. Scott Miller, six, I his fifth six-round pick in 2018-2019. Not the flashy players. When they need a play to seal the deal, you can count 
on Scott Miller for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Thank you so much for the support on this. We're in just a moment. We're doing every single program. Let's go into tonight's, this morning's, or really this afternoon's final thoughts. Again, thank you so much for the support and the gut of money entertainment network. Final thoughts here in tonight's quick program, Thursday Night Football Recap, is that, well, again, folks, we're going to pre-record this weekend's episodes in advance. Both sides, even though Dallas lost and Tampa Bay won, just because a team won the way they did, doesn't mean there's a lot of issues that both sides need to fix. At the end of the first half, I know, like, it wasn't, like, going to – it couldn't hurt you. You had less than seven seconds left on the clock. You're already up at three different points. And what Tampa Bay and this Tom Brady offense tries to do is throw the football down the field, try to shoot it for a Hail Mary. It was intercepted. Fine. It was nearly intercepted for a pick six. You would have been lost. You would have, lost. You would have been trailing by halftime. And that Prescott in this offense gets a chance in the second half. So the Bucks have a lot of work to work on in terms of uh, Chris Godwin and his fumbling issues. The Dallas Cowboys have some issues to work with uh, defense in terms of the passing attack, special teams, and the defense passing attack has to be more has to be more efficient and more consistent. Thank you all so much for the support on this. The other two episodes for this weekend will be pre-recorded in advance on the Sunday morning football show. Thank you all so much for the support. I will see y'all. Next next week or two for the Dean Modino interview. We will see you next time or maybe this weekend. Whoever knows. Thank you, Sarah, for the support. Peace. I've seen someone with someone someone with the drive and passion to make it in the industry like I've seen with with you. Cutthroat. It's very you know up and down roller coaster of emotion. He knows his stuff. Uh, you know he's not afraid to go at people. Well, last my check, this is not the Los Angeles LeBron.